Hello and welcome to the T's and C's podcast. My name is Tasha Duffy and I'm Christine Barnes. We're all guilty of sending podcast length voice notes of our day-to-day ups and downs of life so we decided to share them with you. In this week's episode we have the legendary comedian, impressionist, actor, musician and fellow podcaster Mario Rosenstock. He's currently on a nationwide Gift Grub Live tour in Ireland until the end of June and is here today to tell us the story of his life and talk all things comedy and about his career to date. Fancy a cuppa? Right, let's pop the kettle on. Mario, you just <laughs> finished up in the Olympia. Yeah. Still got tour dates going. How is the tour going? Uh, yeah, it's, it's great. So the I suppose where I'd start with this from is um, this is a new show that I'm doing. Okay. So, and that's always very um, uh, nerve-wracking for any yeah, performer to write a new show because no matter what you do, let's say you're a singer or a painter or a mime or a comic or anything, your temptation is always to go back on stuff that you've done well before and just repeat it. Yeah. Because people like that. And they go, do that thing that we all love. Yeah. But really, that's the problem that all artists and all performers face, falling into that hole where you just keep doing what used to work. Yeah. At some stage, you've got to go, no, I've got to grab the nettle. Yeah. And I've got to think of new stuff and really brave new stuff, stuff that makes me laugh. And so that's what I decided to do in this tour, um, to re to write new material with new characters and a whole lo- load of new fun and just throw it out there in front of the audience and see what sticks. And in the first night I did in Castle Bar, there was about 2,000 people there. And uh, one of those nerve-wracking nights. And by, mom- by I'd say, five minutes into the show, I, c- I could tell everything was going to be fine. Because people were dying for new stuff. Yeah. yeah. They That's were dying it, yeah. to laugh. Yeah. They were dying for new characters. They recognized all the characters I was doing. I shouldn't have been worried. Yeah. All the new characters I was doing were, were hitting. You, you described Joanne and Vogue yeah. there. They went They're down They're all huge. relevant now. Like, yeah. They are all relevant now, you know. And I did old characters, but in a new way. So, for example, even if I was doing Roy Keane, Roy Keane is as relevant now as he always was. Yeah. yeah. He's, on, he's, he's the biggest sports pundit on TV. Yeah. Um, except he's got this big Captain Bird's Eye beard, <laughs> yeah. so I, you know. And then there was, then there was Tommy, and I loved, I loved doing Tommy as well. And I loved just, you know, imagining that Shane is there in his, his no top on, you know, and he's there, his hands are in the air, and his little muscles, he's doing little muscle things, and his his little spindly little legs are under the table. Do you know, like a little sort of antelope, you know, the antelope when it's born, and it sort of falls out of its mother's ghee. And it's all sloppy and frothy. And it, its legs are all spindly. Do you know that kind of yeah. thing? And that's the way I love doing Tommy, just talking total shite. Yeah. And just, you know... Describing um, Shane. Stuff up. <laughs> Describing Shane being born like a floppy <laughs> antlers hanging out of his mother's gi. Sorry, that's disgusting. That was meant to be an antelope joke, not a Shane joke. Uh, so new characters like that and, um, you know, people like Blind Boy Butt Club. Oh, I love doing him as well. He's so philosophical and he talks about mental health <laughs> and uh, he wears a plastic bag and, <laughs> and he rapes a lot. talks a lot about ravens. <laughs> I'm always looking for new characters and that's what I do. So otherwise I would die. My, my, my material yeah. would die. Because and that's the thing with your job is that you can be relevant still all the time because you can still like take the piss out of new people that come or do characters of new people. That's you, it. And I have you to have a constant to... like Yeah, like I suppose yeah, so like in twenty in two thousand and six, um you were eighteen. Yeah. Just about um 
And on the radio, I was doing characters like Jose Mourinho, who used to be the biggest thing in the football in Chelsea. And I was doing Bertie Ahern, who was the Taoiseach. But they kind of died away. Yeah. Now Bertie's back. And Jose is working in Italy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when they die away, I can't do them five days yeah, a week. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going, I'm sick of him. Yeah. They're, they're not relevant anymore. So basically, your whole thing is who's your new Jose and who's your new Bertie? Yeah. Who's your new Hector? Who's your new Roy Keane? Who's your new David Beckham? Who's your new girl, boys? Yeah. You know, who's Whatever the president? Yeah. Michael T. Higgins is the president and I enjoy doing him. So I've been able to do him for many years, you see. And that is wonderful. And that is why I love talking to two young women about the problems they face, especially by looking at a half-naked young man <laughs> in front of them. You know, so, like, he's as relevant as he always was. Um, yeah. Leo, Leo Varadkars is, is, is as relevant uh, as he always is. Uh, by the way, I am extremely interested in, in who the uh, person <laughs> behind the, the knobs is. I was sitting over there. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, the girls are living at home. Um, that's a problem. We've all got to deal with that. Uh, I would encourage them to ask their parents for the 90 or 100 grand they need. To, to I've just the taken house. their like, house, to be honest. Like I did, or just set their house on fire and just get it. <laughs> just tell the folks to go out for a pint to their local while you set it on fire. You take uh, half, half the insurance and uh, you buy a nice little house in Fox Rock. Um, so all of those characters, they're all new. and I know I'll probably put this in too. We're loving oh. your Joanne and Vogue. Oh, Oh, really? I'd fucking ride the hell out of them. Oh, you wouldn't, would you? Would you ride your man Shane? <laughs> fucking ride, I would. He could push all my buttons. <laughs> Jesus, that's exactly what he does. You push your fader while he's riding you. <laughs> it's like they're in the room. I know. Like, I, the, the impression of them is basically based on the idea that they're like two blokes in the 1990s. Yeah, they are. So like we used to have all these, you know, you're probably too young to remember, but there used to be all these lad mags in the in the 1990s. Oh no, you remember? Yeah. Lo- loaded and Maxim and all. My dad these, still right? has the wonders pillow. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I I lent them to your dad, and then um, it's what keeps the married. They're 30 years married. I mean, it's going great. Keeping it spicy, keeping lovey. it spicy. Uh, yeah, and so um, it was real ladette culture, lad culture, and now they've kind of flipped it and gone. Girls, you know, girls, take girls. Command, you know, girls, 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 but take command of your own sexual space. Absolutely. You know, and, I mean, and that that reflects what is going on in society. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny that when I do talk to girls in the office or whatever who might be, you know, twenty years younger than me, um, and it's it's kind of funny to find out that like it's it's very normal now for girls just to openly sexually proposition a guy. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's still surprising to me because in my in my day, yeah, as it were, you you know that would they have been regarded ladies. as well. She was a slut. Oh. <laughs> Let's be I'll call a yeah. spade a spade. That's true. Or let's call but a now slut a slut. But now it's now it's taking control of your own sexual space. It's taking control of your own sexual predestiny. And 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 to me that's perfectly normal. And in fact, it equalizes the whole situation. But it still is it it still is um a rude awakening for me. Yeah. You know, to to it's just a cultural thing, you know, because you know, I'm married twenty years now, so um I came from that 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 kind of you know, still traditional thing. I mean, and, and lots of things which were traditional, like I bought a house, a th- sorry, I bought a three-bedroom apartment when I was 29. We're giving them away then. 
Yeah. So I and it was a nice one, like yeah. it was in Monkstown. Yeah. And it was my mortgage. And um, you know, I wasn't earning that much. Yeah. Because I'd only kind of started my career on the radio. Um, but I was able to I told a few fibs in the bank. No yeah, problem sure. though. No. You know, I I, I, I totally exaggerated <laughs> what I earned. And they totally exaggerated what they could give me. <laughs> so we were both lying. Nothing tiger, eh? <laughs> well, we were both lying. And they lied and I lied. And you got a house we got out it of it. Done. And we got a house out of it. Yeah. And do you know, so so there was all sorts of different things. And then I got married when I was 30. And I remember Blonde was 26. And I remember us both thinking, I think we're on kind of the, the you and I are kind of on the, the outer limits, aren't we? Of age. What? At 30. At yeah. 30? Yeah. I'm, everybody wow. was getting married, you see. So yeah. all, I had been to all my, a lot of my friends' weddings, weddings yeah. at 28 and 29 yeah. and 30. And I'd certainly been to other girlfriends' weddings because yeah. they were a bit younger than me. <laughs> As in girlfriends, friends who were girls. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, it's a bit weird if you're going to your No, no, friends who were girls. Wedding. So we're friends who were girls who were 28 or 27 <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I, they'd been married and I, I, I'd gone to their wedding. And uh, so now, I mean, I follow things pretty closely, as you might imagine, in the news and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And, you know, now... So you know we're both still living at home with our parents. <laughs> oh, well, it's very possible. And it would be very normal for you to be doing yeah. that but at this stage. But like even up to 45 and 46, people are still living at home and... Mm. You know, people are moving back home, having been tried to move out, and yeah. they're trying to have sex in their parents' house, which isn't the easiest <laughs> thing in the world. Especially I when Dad has got Maxim he, magazine. He passes us the mic. Says, "Come on, get he me a grandchild, will you?" Here, here, Jerry. Do you want to go with this mag to get you going? <laughs> Literally. Here, leave my daughter alone. But if you're not leaving her alone, like at least try this mag. That actually does sound like my dad. <laughs> Um, so, so it does came, it did came from, you know, it, it is a bit of a culture shift and it's not just because of Gen Z or millennial or because I'm getting older or you're younger. It's to do with economics yeah. and it's to do with the housing crisis and it's to do with changing, the changing differences between what we earn and where we can afford to live. Do you know what lads, right? I interviewed Willow White. Do you know Willow White? Yeah. yeah. I interviewed, you'll find this the funniest thing, right? I interviewed <laughs> Willow White on my podcast. Okay. In collaborative studios oh yeah. no way yeah and i had a great interview with them right really enjoyed it and at the end anyway um willa left shane's laughing uh, already yeah does he know what's coming yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. willa left and i said to shane great that was great really enjoyed willa fucking brilliant story um did we get to give us did you get the photos there shane with with my phone and he went yeah well, sorry where's your phone i, went, I don't know <laughs> fucking willa took it <laughs> So we went running down onto the street, right? And we just started looking for Willa and we just saw this sawn off um this sawn off car. Kind of like it was no. the cabriolet. It was like it was like a convertible. And it was Willa. I was Willa! Willa! He said, How's it going, boss? Hi. I went, Willa, you might have taken our phone. And he went, What? I'll have a look at the car. Fuck yeah, I took your phone. Sorry about that, man. <laughs> He had taken my fucking phone by accident, but it was just such a cliche that we were going, fucking hell, Will has robbed my phone at the end of the interview. (laughs) I was always doing impressions of my family as a child. So I'd use it to get, I'd use it to get attention. Yeah. So my my mother and father might be arguing with each other or whatever. Now I'm five, let's say. And, uh, you know, and and then I'd sort of poke one of them (laughs) and they turn around and I'd be doing a physical impression of my father. 
And my mother would start laughing, going, oh, my God, look at him. It's you. <laughs> and then he'd go, that's not me at all. <laughs> and I've been hearing that ever since, that the person who you're doing the impression of yeah. can't recognize themselves. It's mental, isn't it? Nobody does. And, and people go, like, I hear this all the time. People going, oh, you do a great Willie O.D., but you can't do me. And then the other person will go, no, 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 you do her brilliantly, but you can't do me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then nobody recognizes themselves. Yeah, it's mental. Um, and that's an interesting thing. But um, so I was always doing that. And then I suppose I realized from that age then that it has a certain power. Because not only does it get attention from people, um, with people, but you can obviate bullying as well. So if ever you felt that you were in a tricky situation. I remember once being in a slightly tricky situation in school that the big guy in class, the big brute, he had turned his attention to me. And I think he was going to, you know, like a battleship that slowly turns around in class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and aims its torpedoes at you. He had finally decided he was going to aim his torpedoes at me. And suddenly this big oaf was turning around. And I'm oh, shit. <laughs> I'm not going to be. And then the lads started looking at me, the class, as if, you know, what will you do? So my first instinct, I just started doing an impression of him. Stop. <laughs> and gradually his face went redder and redder and the giggles started in the class until eventually all the heads turned away from me, and back to turned him. around to him and started bawling, laughing at him. And he almost melted. Jeez. Mortified. Remember that famous scene in The Wizard of Oz where the Wicked Witch just melts? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like <laughs> melting. It was like I had a laser. Yeah. <laughs> it was a super hu it was a superhuman it was a super superhuman power. Jesus. And I remember thinking or subsequently thinking, that's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. Yeah. Because I remember I remember myself using it a couple of times to bully other people once or twice. And I remember being very guilty about it. Thinking, oh, I picked on that person. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but I've always hated bullying since. And I kind of, I can't stand it. I can't stand when I see bullies or no. a person being bullied. And maybe that's because I'd had a brief experience of it myself, but I also had a brief experience of doing it. Of doing it, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I felt disgusting after it. Mm -hmm. I just felt I didn't want to hurt somebody. I felt I didn't, I didn't want to hurt somebody, somebody's feelings like that. I just felt it's too, it's too, it's too cruel. Yeah. But it did show me the, the power of this thing that you do. And so the power of this thing you do put on a public stage to then shine a light on people who are powerful and to take the piss out of them and to show them up for what they are. Well, yeah. that's not bullying. Yeah. That's doing a kind of a social service as well as making people laugh. Yeah. And also it's shining a little bit of truth on things as well. You know, and do, you, do people get offended by some of your impressions? Have you ever like met someone you do an impression of and they weren't impressed? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, I mean, it's funny because I remember, um, <clears throat> I remember the singer Ronan Keating was was very unimpressed at the at the beginning. I mean, Ronan, you're again too young to know, but Ronan was like the lead singer in Boyzone. Oh yeah, no, oh, we remember oh, that. We no, no, I know, yeah. but he was he was only twenty and twenty one, yeah. eighteen, <clears throat> and you know he was he was suddenly catapulted into the world of superstardom. You know, he was on top of the pops in England. He yeah. was a British superstar with boys on. He then went solo in 2001 and he had a number one hit with your shit best when you shit nothing at all. And, um, you know, 
He, you know, life is a roller coaster, just gotta ride it. <laughs> and um, you know, he was he, he had a, a, a fantastic career, and but he was, you know, like a lot of kids, he was getting, you know, a little get carried away, and 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 we used to take the piss out of him on Gift Grub, and I used to take the piss. I started this whole thing about his voice, the way it used to go, sorry. Yeah. And the way he used to kind of over enunciate his verbs or, or his words and sound a bit like a kind of a country music superstar. So we gotta go like that, you know. And it would sound a bit pretentious. <laughs> and then I started doing them all the time on the radio. And I think at one stage he went, Who the fuck does that guy think he is? I'm an ambassador for Ireland out there. You know, I mean, someday I'm going to go for the presidency. And uh, and I was there. Oh, great! Someday I'm going for the presidency. This is perfect. <laughs> and then I remember him saying once, um, you know, I, I'm a, yeah, I really want to try my hand at acting. You know, I'm really you know, I love um, I love Robert Pacino and all those guys. You know, kind of got their name wrong once or twice and take the piss out of that. So then I kind of did a sketch where Louis Walsh did try to get him a job in acting, but it was Louis could only get him into a porn movie. <laughs> but uh, but Ronan didn't know it was a porn movie. So he turns up on the first set and all these these girls are there. Hey, looks like we got a problem with our dishwasher. Yeah, time to call the dishwashing guy. How are you girls? I'm here to fix your dishwasher and I've got a huge tool. And he didn't and he didn't know what he was And he didn't know what he was the character didn't know what he was doing. And he was offended by that as well like Okay, now then, really? Michael Flatley was really offended. Was offended by that. Michael Flatley was offended by it as well, right? Because, um, again, for the same reasons. <laughs> Happy Jesus in Bigara. Why would he want to be taking the piss out of me and me just a son of Ireland and doing me best and dancing me laughs and me legs all over the jiggling in Irish? Ah, me cabbage head all over Ireland and winning the L Oscars for Ireland and the river dancing me way to glory. And, um, you know, he couldn't understand why I would take the piss out of him. But then it seems to me that, you know, Michael is kind of one of those little bit of kind of like an Irish American. Yeah. Where they don't quite have that sense of humor that yeah. Irish people have. It's more of a serious American. Yeah. Who I really care about my Irish roots and be gabs and be garas and diddly idle doodle and Darby McGill and a pint of Guinness <laughs> and a big bat of shamrocks. And, uh, and you're there. Yeah, that's actually fucking hilarious. When you say that. <laughs> Why is it hilarious? Or don't I love... Why isn't it hilarious? You don't I be loving the dear old Ireland? And say, yeah, but it does sound a bit funny now, you know, to be honest. And all Irish people know that. So it's kind of... Yeah. Know, My brother um, worked in actually America and uh, for a year. And he said, <laughs> we were like, why didn't you stay any longer? And he was like, because the Americans genuinely believe that leprechauns like live in Ireland and like that we all have red hair and we all this. And he was like, I just, like, he just was like, I just couldn't cope anymore. I just couldn't take it like anymore. Like, is there leprechauns there? And then he'd be like, no, there's not fucking leprechauns. <laughs> like, he just like, mm. I couldn't yeah, cope like, same thing it, like... happened to me. I lived in the States when I was 18 for three months and a couple of things happened to me there as well. So I'd be at a party and a guy would sidle up to me and he goes, um, hey, listen, uh, I just want to say, uh, I just want to say I'm so, I'm so honored to meet you and so proud of, of how you put up with it. And I go, put up with what? All the, the bombings, the shootings next to your house. I mean, how many people do you see die every day? <laughs> I go, None. I live in the south of Ireland. <laughs> I don't understand the difference between the north and the south. Oh, that there was like uh, bombings and everything going on in the north. Um, And... You know, then another guy came over to me and went, um, he went, 
Hey, Mario. Hey, my name is Rusty. God damn it. That voice <laughs> of yours. Are you related to W.B. Yeats? You know, what? so w, the great Irish poet, am yeah. I related to him? Like, why would I be related to him? <laughs> I think the thing is because he thought there's only 47 people living <laughs> in, in, in Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. We're all related. All related. Four. We're all related to W.B. Yeats and there's bombs going off. Every <laughs> yeah, apparently. So when we're not reading poetry, we're exploding bombs. <laughs> Are, are, are diving into a bush to avoid a leprechaun. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, there was that. Now, Ronan Keating then subsequently was told by Keith Duffy, how are you, buddies? <laughs> Keith Duffy here. That Keith loved being on it. And he said, I think he said to Ronan that it was better being on it than not being on it because it shows that you're relevant. You've, you've made it. Yeah. <laughs> so then my catchphrase for Ronan was fair play. Fair play. He used to always say fair play. And so Ronan named his boat Fair Play. No! <laughs> so I was told. Oh, God. I was told that they had a little... Fact check um, that there, Shane. We'll have to fact, fact chat that out. But um, I was told that Ronan named his boat Fair Play. And You're good then, friends um, with Keith Duffy, are you? Well, I'm not good friends, but I do know Keith well. Yeah. And, um, and I've had him on my podcast recently. And again, it was one of the most well-received podcasts because people saw another side to Keith. Yeah, yeah that they didn't see on other podcasts. And he is a very interesting chap with a great backstory and a fascinating history. And a guy who's been involved in so many funny things and yeah. so many funny ventures and singing and acting and dancing and business. And it's just so interesting to hear him. And I think some people, I think some people don't take him seriously. Yeah. A bit like they don't take somebody like, you know, Dahi O'Shea seriously. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I know Dahi O'Shea really well. He's really smart. He's great fun. Very clever guy, hard worker, but kind of RTE kind of paint him as a kind of, well, he's our kind of diddly idle do Irish yeah. leprechaun who'll interview the roses. Yeah. And he's a bit of an Irish gobshite. <laughs> we love Irish gobshites. <laughs> and, uh, but he's not a gobshite at all. He's highly um, intelligent and thoughtful. But so people aren't all. What do you what, think they are? No, yeah. they're not. Stop. And Roy Keane, have you ever come face to face with Roy and Not Keane? only did I come across, I've, I've, not only have I met Roy Keane several times, I've interviewed Roy Keane as Roy Keane. Oh, no. Yeah, and he actually agreed to do it. No way. Yeah, yeah. And if you look up, if if even in post this, if you go Roy Keane meets Roy Keane on YouTube. It comes up, up as that. Yeah, my interview with him. And was he um, was he impressed or did, was he just stone faced as always? He was stone-faced and impressed. So he remained <laughs> oh, stone-faced deliberately. Yeah. To, to, Even to though like he wanted not... to laugh. Yeah. And then <laughs> but I, and then my thing was, eventually I made him laugh. Yeah, you could see the smile coming. The smile Yeah, because he was there. He was there. I was there. Um, I was literally talking to him as him. And, it, and I went, it literally went like this. How's it going? And he went, yeah, how's it going? <laughs> and I went, well, obviously at the end of the day, people say I talk like you at the end of the day. And he says, no, no, you don't. <laughs> And I said, obviously people say I laugh like you at the end of the day as well, that I have a funny laugh. No, I don't think you laugh like me at all. And I went, no, I do laugh like you, I do. And he went, okay, make me laugh. To make him laugh. So I thought of something ridiculous to say uh, rather than funny. And I said uh, something about the FAI is monument to professionalism <laughs> or something. And Roy just went, ha, 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 ha. And then I went, ha, 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 ha. And then we both went, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> So I, I had won his trust by making his name laugh. But it was very difficult. It was very scary meeting him. And I won't deny that because he's a very, I don't know if intimidating is the right word. Intense. He's ex intense, yes. That's a good word. But charisma, um, 
charismatic. Yeah. Hmm. He's really charismatic. There are some people who just have it. Yeah. It's yeah. dark quality. It's like that thing. You just, you're have always it. looking at them wondering what are they going to say or what yes. are they thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Because they've just got this presence about them, do you know? And he is, that's why he's TV gold. Yeah. Because mm. basically somebody just has to go, you know, I wonder what, I wonder what Roy will think of that. And then the camera goes on Roy and you're going, fuck yeah. Here we brilliant. go. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. And even if nothing happens, it doesn't matter. The payoff is already there. You're yeah. Just, I remember saying it to somebody recently that he's, he's every week he's on, when he, when he appears on television, he's always trending on Twitter. And the week's, that he doesn't appear on television, he trends on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, because people are wondering where because he is. Because yeah. people are wondering, what would he think? Yeah, <laughs> what would Roy think? So when you got to that stage that you don't even you have to be it. doing anything, yeah, yeah. surely. Because <laughs> people are actually projecting what you would think. What you would, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even I mean, when no, you that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with Gift Grub, then you mentioned a little while ago when you were talking about Ronan Keaton twenty years ago. Gift Grub was coming up to twenty five years next year. Next year is 25 years. It was 1999. That is madness. Because I can it remember yeah. when the first CD came out. Yeah. And my yeah. mom and dad got it and we had it in the car. And the yeah. Jose Mourinho one, like I'm pretty yeah. sure I put it on the other day when we were doing our little bits and bobs of research. I knew yeah. every word. I was singing oh along to God. it from listening my to it. It, it, yeah. da, 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 yeah. it was the Damien oh Duff bit in the background. Yeah. Damien, <laughs> do, the, Damien, do the Hibernian. <laughs> Damien do the Hibernian. Hibernian insurance. Pretty good. <laughs> so you don't even remember that because Damien Duff did do a Hibernian <laughs> yeah, insurance. Yeah. And it was the worst ad ever in the world. <laughs> Hibernian insurance. Damien Duff loves it. Hibernian insurance. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> so I was telling Tasha, Tasha's a big Liverpool fan. And I was Unfortunately, saying... Yeah, yeah, Unfortunately, Mary. So, so am I a big Liverpool fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was telling her, you know the way Jamie Webster's brought over to like sing for the lads and do whatever with Liverpool? I was like, I'm pretty yeah. sure Mario got invited over to the Chelsea yeah. squad at the time. What happened oh, with that? Did. Yeah, certainly did. And it was bizarre because... Um, even more bizarre than it would be nowadays because of the, the the no social media and there was no social media at the time and even YouTube was really brand new. Facebook was brand new. Yeah, so for him I to hear it was, about it, it was obviously yeah, making that was, waves. That was, that was making waves. It yeah. had got, gone over and it had been played on UK radio stations and uh, it was doing the rounds. And the next thing anyway, uh, the phone rings in, uh, I was in Today FM. And, uh, and and I went hello, and I went, Mario, hello. Um, this uh, this is Simon Greenberg here. Oh, hello. I'm um, director of communications for Chelsea Football Club. Oh, right. So, um, by the way, brilliant stuff. The boss really loves your stuff. Sorry, who's the boss? The boss, <laughs> Jose. The Jose. Sorry, sorry. This conversation is going too fast. Jose likes my stuff. Jose knows who I am. <laughs> Mate, absolutely. He's playing it for the kids in the car every day. You're like, is this a strawberry alarm clock? Yeah, he used to play. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He used to play the record for the kids on his way to school every day. He used to drop them to school and they'd be in the car going, I wear my (laughs) He's singing along to himself on the CD. To someone else impersonating them. (laughs) Whoa. I've got John Daddy. Doodle doo. And so um, 
And they went, listen, the boss was one. Sorry, the boss is Jose, right? You're just not taking the piss. <laughs> yeah, the boss was wondering, would you come over on Friday to perform for the lads? Okay. Yeah, of course I will. Why <laughs> yes. not? Oh, my God. Ryanair that weekend and uh, Friday over to Everton. It was over to Liverpool. They were playing away in, in, in Liverpool. I went to the Marriott Hotel and came in to this room dressed as Jose Mourinho in my scarf and my coat. No. First no. person I see sitting at the table <laughs> no. is Jose. He puts his hand up for a high no. five. I high five him on the way and then I sit down at this table which has the boss written on it and I take some questions from all these superstar players. No um, way! And, and I start answering the questions as Jose Mourinho telling them to shut up and go to bed. Oh and my this. God. And then I did about 10 minutes and I sang my song and then Jose literally stood up and he went, Okay, everybody, go to bed. <laughs> and all these multi-millionaire grown men, adult men, <laughs> grown adult men, just jumped out of their chairs okay. and ran off to bed. <laughs> and he went, "Would you like to join me for a bottle of wine?" Duh. Now I'm in just now I'm just fucking cloud cuckoo land. Yeah. Jose Mourinho has just asked me to join him for a bottle of wine. Why don't we sit down and talk for a while? We sit down and talk. I'm drinking wine with Jose Mourinho. This is perfectly normal. Um, I asked him, where are all the players gone? And like he knew, like he, like he was their dad, he knew where they were all gone. Drogba has gone for a massage. And John <laughs> Terry has gone to watch Match of the Day. And Makaleli has gone to play PlayStation. And, 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 and oh, he knew exactly what they were God. all doing. We talked tactics. We talked games. We talked money. We talked, he talked about my career. He loved, he had listened to the CD with different sketches on it. Yeah. He had told me about all the other characters that he loved. He said, I love your Roy Keane. Your Roy Keane is fantastic. But um, I love your Mick McCarthy. Your Mick McCarthy is incredible. <laughs> and I went, and, and I went, really, you, you've listened to my Mick McCarthy. He went, do your Mick McCarthy. Do your Mick McCarthy. <laughs> and when I did my Mick McCarthy, he closed his eyes like a child. No. Yeah. And I was, I was going, all right, Jose, I'm doing my Mick McCarthy now. And he's like, it is Mick McCarthy. It is Mick McCarthy. <laughs> You couldn't write that. You couldn't write it. And you couldn't oh make it up God. the way that the way that these guys are quite childlike. Yeah. You know, he was, you know, the kid the guy the, the, the players were totally childlike. They were like children. Um, but he was like a teenager. Kind of not that grown up either. Yeah. Um and it was just hilarious. And then I don't remember, you know, finishing up and he went, before you go, let's do photo together. I was kind of going, now that was fine back at the time. Yeah. Because he he wanted to do a photo, not with me. He wanted to do a photo just to remember the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't have been doing this had it not for the fact that I was living in a flat with two girls from New Zealand. And so I moved out of my house, my mom's house, when I was 26. And again, I felt really old when I moved out. Like, it was almost like, are you ever going to get out? <laughs> yeah. So, and 26 now is nothing. But I moved down to Monkstown and I wanted to get a flat. And there was an ad, two girls, share a flat, lovely big, huge flat, three bedrooms. And uh, they were touring the world, going around the round the world trip. Met them and they loved my mum. They thought my mum was super cool. And that's the only reason I got into the house. They thought I was a geek, a bit of a nerd. Like, how will they? They didn't want to mind me. Could I couldn't do anything for myself. And they didn't want to take care of me. But they thought my mum was super cool. Um... And uh, so they went just to meet his mom, just, you know, just to go out with his mom again. We'll, we, you know, we'll take Mario <laughs> in. Anyway, one of them was a radio producer who they used to get jobs when they went around the world. And Kim was a jeweler. So she got a job in a jeweler. And Robin was the other one. And she got a job in a radio station. And the radio station was Today FM. And she got a job as a kind of a swing producer. That's like a short time, a short term producer. 
And she was on breakfast. And of course, they, she knew a lot about broadcasting. She'd done it over in New Zealand. And every day she'd hear me back in the flat and everything. And I'd be doing my voices. And she'd walk by, I'd say, the bathroom door. And she'd hear Jerry Adams showering with Martin McGuinness. <laughs> I'd be going, Martin, could you pass the Tahiti shampoo there? Absolutely, Jerry. Do you want me to give you a little rub down there? <laughs> and, and so she used to get, they used to, the girls used to put their um, ears up to the door and listen to me to see who was in the shower. Uh, like there could be anybody in the shower. Yeah. It could be Bertie Ahern. <laughs> Tony Blair was showering with Ian Paisley. <laughs> uh, and all this sort of stuff. And she said to me once, she said, oh, Mario, those voices are hilarious. And I went, you're always doing that. And I went, I've been doing it since I was a kid. Like, you know, and, but I've never really thought about it because I was an actor. And um, I always thought that if you're an actor, you should be able to do these sort of impressions. And uh, she said, listen, um, Tomorrow, like we're doing this thing on the show, people give out about songs. Could you ring in as Jerry Adams and give out about Britney Spears? Oops, I did it again. And I went, yeah, of course, no problem. What time? About eight ten. And I went, I did it. I got up in the morning, did it, and just went off to work. I think I was teaching English at the time. She came home in the evening and she went, Oh, Mario, we got an amazing response to that thing you did. I went, What thing? I'd forgotten already. Jerry ringing in about Britney. The fucking phones were hopping. Can you yeah. do any more? And I went, can I do any more? Voices. And I sort of, I'd never thought about it before. And I wrote them down in a piece of paper, all the famous people I could do or whatever. And it was about a hundred. Uh, you know, yeah. But it was just like loads of people in Irish life, America, England, actors, sports people, commentators. And it was about a hundred. And she said, oh my God, can you do them? And I went, yeah. And are they all as good as Jerry Adams? And I went, yeah, I think so. And so I got into a taxi and I came into Today FM and I just um, got in front of a mic with a, a couple of producers and I laid down all these voices and they, I just saw them looking at each other going, wow. right, okay. It, never, it doesn't get any better than this. And, and that's the idea that somebody texts in to the radio show at 8.20 in the morning and the text says this, just pulling up at the lights in O'Connell Street, let's say, and the car stops and I look to the right and the guy in the car next to me is laughing at exactly the same time as I am. <laughs> and we looked at each other and we knew without saying what we were oh, both really? laughing yeah. at. Yeah. Because they were both listening to the same thing. That's amazing. And that, yeah. that, is, that is like the happiest thing. You, you, your job is done if yeah. you can do that. Yeah. Because like I'm a bit of a hippie on, on the inside. And if that means that in a kind of a nice way, you've kind of made two people's mornings, yeah. but you've kind of made them kind of say hello to each other as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Connect as well um, across. You've, you've made, you've helped them connect. Yeah. Rather than the opposite, which is, beep, beep, get out yeah. of the fucking way. Women yeah. can't fucking drive. Women shouldn't be in cars, you stupid bitch. <laughs> so now that we're talking about podcasts, you have your own podcast. Mm. How has that been going for you? What do you enjoy about that? Oh, it's brilliant. I, I've been doing the podcast now two years and I do it because the personality that I have in the podcast is very much similar to the personality that I would be today yeah. in this chat with you. In other words, I'm being myself all the time and I'm asking people who you might be on the other end of the mic to me, just curious questions about where they're coming from, what they're doing and stuff. And, and I do comedy on the podcast as well. Um, so it's a guest podcast. I have a guest every week and I do comedy sketches and I take the piss out of the guest as well as best I can. Um, by doing fake calls into the podcast, which are live. Okay. And, uh, and of course, that's quite scary uh, because I tell them live 
So you know that loads of people are listening live to this podcast. And <laughs> no. And then I'll wink at them and I'll go, yeah, yeah. So Miriam O'Callaghan's on the line, wants to say hello. Say hello to Miriam. Hi, Miriam. And I'll go, <laughs> hi. Um, I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, the way. Uh, and, and they can see me doing the voice. So, But it, of course, I can ask questions as a character that I can't ask as Mario. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. True. So I've been doing it two years now and and I love it. So And it's doing well. So uh you know, we've got sponsors and stuff and making, you know, it's, 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 it's paying, it's, it's, it's making a little bit of money. Who's your favorite guest been so far? Oh boy. Oh dear. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> oh God. Um, I mean, all the guests I kind of choose. So, oh, come uh, on. I, I, There's got to be one that stands oh, out. Yeah, I'm looking now. Yeah. I'm looking now. <laughs> He's like, Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> I would say probably. Do, 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 do. Just because I love I love Ronan O'Gara and I love rugby and I love the memories that Ronan O'Gara has given us all, I would probably say Ronan O'Gara because he is a very, very truthful, uh, almost like sort of weird, truthy kind of guy who will actually tell you how he's feeling. Um, um, Eamon Dunphy was amazing. Um, Eamon Dunphy was amazing. Ronan O'Gara. A, co- a comedian, a, a comedian, another impressionist, Connor Moore. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Connor sketches. Yeah, he's yeah. really Connor funny. sketches. Connor was really good on my show. PJ was great. Darren Garrahy was brilliant. Um, Lucy Kennedy was hilarious. She is like very uh, yeah. Uh, a girl I love having on as a columnist called Larissa Nolan. I've had her on a few times. She's brilliant at talking about things like housing and all that stuff. But she's very upfront. Oh, you had um, Nicola Talent, didn't you? Nicola Talent. Yeah. I looked at her. Yeah, Nicola was great telling yeah. us all about the Kinahans and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And Any uh, impressions for her there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I did loads of impressions of, of I know, t- <laughs> criminals ringing in, going to fucking <laughs> chop her up and stuff. <laughs> oh, I love uh, it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I find a way with everybody in a way, you know, and, um, uh, and I look forward to it every week. And it's a different side to my, um, personality i suppose if i'm being honest with you i probably see it as my pension and what i mean by that is that i don't know how long you can as a human being jump around like a flea that i do on stage yeah i mean if you see my live show like it's just fucking impossible to understand you'd be going how the hell does he do that show because for you it would be like you've seen 200 people yeah in night. yeah actually and yeah it's it's just incredible and uh you know, I can't do that forever. I've been doing it for what I've been doing that live show now, different live shows for 15 years, but I can't do it forever. And so I'm going to need to change my adapt my style to yeah. sit still and not jump <laughs> around so much, but I can do, but I'm able to sit still. So I'll be able to do things like this and, uh, and tell stories and do things like that. But I can't jump around like a lunatic all the time. So, uh, I would say that things like podcasting and telling stories and, and interviewing people will will become more part of my life as I get yeah. older. Brilliant. Mm. And then when it comes to like memorable moments, what do you think stands out as one of the, one a couple of memorable moments of your career? Not your podcast, overall in general. Oh yeah, in the last overall. Oh jeepers, yeah. I, I think um oh I think uh I think the first time um I think the I mean so many moments meeting Jose Mourinho mm. going over to Chelsea, interviewing Roy Keane. Uh the first time I had a number one record in yeah. Ireland which was the Christmas number one in 2005 yeah, actually but then there was a number two number one albums so like you're sitting on top of the charts and you're knocking Westlife off the top of the yeah. charts <laughs> and Westlife are top are the top top of the album charts and you knock them off and you stay there five or six weeks 
to the extent that you're in town having some having um coffee, you get a tap on the shoulder and it's Louis Walsh going, Would you just stop kicking my band up the number one slot? <laughs> the guys are really pissed off. <laughs> Shane Phelan is going to be huge if you just give him a chance. <laughs> and I mean, you just, you reflect on it and you go, Louis Walsh just, oh, come on, that's amazing. Yeah. Or um, when I first did the stage show, Aikino as well, um, Aikino in the Olympia in 2004 and five. that was a massive stage show based on the Saipan um, experience with yeah. McCarthy and Dick. And then the first time I went on stage with my new show, with my show, with my, my, my live shows in 2009, um, in Vicker Street, we uh, we put some shows on sale, and I remember it was amazing because I got absolutely pissed out of my head in at a lunch in June in July June July two thousand and nine, and I knew that I I knew I got pissed out of my head, and I stood up to the end of the lunch and I went right, I'm going to put this on stage, and I knew that in a way. I had to get really drunk to have the courage to say it. Yeah. And that afterwards, everybody I said it to would hold me to it. And so that was how I drummed up the courage, courage that after it. 10 years, I was going to put it on stage. And so we knew that there was some um, appetite for seeing it on stage from 10 years of having been on radio. So we put like, um, I think we put eight nights on sale in Vicker Street. And uh, the promoter rang me half an hour later and went, just about putting those things on sale. And I went, yeah, yeah. Have we put them on sale yet? And he went, yeah, they're all gone. And I went, what? What are you talking about? They're all gone. Are we not on? No, no, no. They're all gone. Meaning they're sold. They're sold yeah. wow. Half an hour. They were sold in half an hour. Eight nights. The first day. Jesus. And that was an unbelievable feeling. Because yeah. when you get that feeling, you go, Jesus. There's, there's a life in this. Yeah. And of course, you'd start worrying immediately because then you yeah, go, you're like, shit. But now, now, but now I've got to do it. <laughs> you yeah. do the work, yeah. Uh, and then when I did it, it was good. And so then you, then you went, okay, let's let's keep go, let's keep doing it, keep writing new shows. And the second time, then um, we put eleven nights on in the Olympia, and it sold eleven nights, and five nights on in Board Gosh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Board Gosh, which is a massive place. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was the thrill. Those were thrills. And then doing my first TV show, that was a big thrill. Um, in 13, 12, 13, we did three seasons of the Mario Rose Duck Show. And uh, yeah, so on it goes, you know, and, and then the podcast starting um, two years ago. Yeah. That's the next thing I want to do, to do a live show as a podcast. Yeah. And then the next thing I want to do is I want to try and I'd love to try and do this for London as well. For, to do gift grub for London that you do basically exactly what I do except they're all international and British characters yeah and the royal exactly family the and such kind of like that yeah yeah, yeah. and our, our our British politicians or yeah. your Anton Dex or your David Beckham's or your 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 your, your Ed Sheeran's your Sam Smith's uh, all that sort yeah. of crack you know and yeah. you're even your Joanne and Vogue's and yeah. your Michael Flatley's exactly. and you can borrow from Ireland as well you know and um and I, I'd love to transform that method I have, that template I have on stage into a UK um, scenario as well. Because yeah. I've done shows in Dubai and stuff and, and all that sort of things. And, and they've worked really well in, in, in Dubai and things. And, and I'm, I'd love to get a kind of a, 
uh, work out a way of doing it for for a British audience that would just just give me new sense of excitement. Yeah, I was going to ask for advice for us in our early days. Yeah, of we our got podcast. everything we there. Got everything we I've given need it to know. You. I've given yeah. it to you. I've given it to you. But I would say I've I've I get asked this question more often as I get older, mm-hmm. uh, and I have a couple of simple answers, and that is, um, in general, try and listen more than you talk. Be your best friend to yourself. In other words, pretend you are your best friend. What would you do for yourself yeah. as your best friend? Not as your lover or as a competitor or as an admirer. But if you were really your own best friend, what advice would you give yourself this evening, for example? As your best friend, I would say, you need a good night's sleep, let's say. Or as your best friend, I would go, you know what? You've been working too much recently. You need a night out with your friends. Not too bad now. Maybe come on, one o'clock. <laughs> but like you need a few drinks Let you need to relax yeah uh, do you know what as your best friend I'm saying you need to do at least four exercise this week because you're you know you put on about five pounds <laughs> as your best friend and I can say this to you as your best friend because you did say I'm your best friend I'm Mario I'm your best friend I know Mario you're my best friend so if you could give yourself your own advice as your best friend try and put yourself into that character and go what would your best friend tell you your really truthful best friend that's actually brilliant. Who has no agenda. Nice. Yeah, really. Who has no advice. agenda. No agenda. Because you know the way, if you're real, if your actual best friend, you say, if you ask for them for advice and you said, what do I need tonight? Your actual best friend would go, yeah, I think you might need a night out with me. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Because they'd be thinking of themselves. Going, yeah. I want a night I want out. a night out. <laughs> yeah. But you're, but, the, the best friend that is yourself mm-hmm. would probably go, no, I think you need a good night's sleep tonight. Good eight hours. Yeah. Mm. And then you have a good day tomorrow. So be your own best friend. I think that was a nice piece of advice I heard yeah. from somebody. I like that. Love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we'll let you go, Mario. <laughs> thank you so much for being thank a part you, of yeah. this with us. Well, thank you for asking me. I was very flattered. Yeah, you were definitely one of the ones. I just I had a brainwave one day and I was like, Tasha, Mario. we need to have him. Yeah. And it was a few months ago now since I spoke to you first. Yeah. And why did you Why did you think you... I don't know. I him. have a lot of these these things that come up. I might have seen a sketch or something on Instagram because I followed you for a while. Yeah. Or I could have heard you on the radio or something. Yeah. And it just came into my head. And yeah. the fact that I was able to think back to when I was... If he said it was 1999, I was seven. Yeah. yeah. I'm 31 this year. Yeah. You've been there for the duration of my life yeah. over the years, yeah. hearing you on the telly, seeing your sketches, yeah. watching you on the late, late. That's yeah. actually so cute. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. we need to have this person on. And at the time, we had literally only recorded a couple of episodes yeah. when we, when I messaged you. Yeah. And I, I've been saying to Tasha since the beginning, if we don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. And let, oh, you're totally like, right. I'm, I want to She asked. <laughs> She <laughs> reached out to people and I'm like, all right, okay. I get the little Instagram message She's back. Like, going, Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, no, you're no, really no. reaching. You're, to- you're totally right. And the only reason I, I and the only reason I wouldn't have, co- the only reason I didn't come in to meet you is because I've just, I'm on the middle of a tour at the moment yeah. and I'm actually, I'm being my own best friend and I'm going stay at home for yeah. a few days. Um, right. So I hope this worked out. For oh, you. No, definitely did. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the T's and C's podcast. We'll be uploading posts and stories about upcoming episodes and guests. And you can also email us on the T's and C's pod at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow, rate and hit the bell for future episodes on Spotify. Bye. Bye.